Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Incredible play. 35-yard touchdown. Alan Lazard, six-foot-five frame, needing every bit of it. Oh, Hartman's still going. Inside the 10, and he is in for the touchdown. Allen has time. Intercepted. Sauce Gardner's got it. Breaking away. Garrett Wilson. Wilson, a big play downfield. Wilson still going along the sideline. He's not going to go down. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning. 62 yards for the touchdown. And he's sacked again by Quinnen Williams. What a beast. Number 95 for the Jets. Listen. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And we are going to break down the all 22 of the top three tackles in the 2023 NFL Draft. I'm sure that if time permits before the draft, we'll break down a couple of the other guys. But, of course, if the Jets draft a tackle, we will do a much more thorough breakdown if it's one of the guys we're about to talk about or if it's somebody else. And so to break down those three tackles is our friend who is the Thunder from Down Under, does all of the All-22 reviews on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash playlikeajet. Luke Grant. Luke, what's up, brother? I'm doing well, Scott. We're getting closer and closer to draft season Closer and closer to Aaron Rodgers being on the Jets roster. Uh, it's an exciting and also frustrating time. But look, I mean, I'm looking forward to, to uh, tackling this group of offensive linemen. Um, I think the Jets have a big need there and there's some pretty good players on the board. We should say that eventually we are going to get around to Peter Skronsky, the offensive lineman from Northwestern. However, the reason we're not going to include him in this group is that it looks like based on arm length, he's going to be projected as a guard in the NFL. His closest comparison is Elijah Vera Tucker in terms of physical traits. So good chance he ends up as a guard, especially if he were to come to the Jets. So we'll talk about the guys that are lock, stock and barrel projected as tackles. And we'll begin with a guy who a lot of people have been buzzing about because some say he's the type of tackle the Jets would really like. He's not as polished as the other guys, but a lot of upside there. Broderick Jones, the offensive tackle from Georgia. Let's start with his run blocking, Luke. I think this is the best thing that he does, honestly. It is, Scott. I agree with you. I think his movement in space on splash blocks. So what I'm talking about there is on a screen on a pin and pull where you can just get him out in space and he's literally trying to find the first second level defender that he comes across and just absolutely bulldoze him he's phenomenal his ability to hit targets great pad level and really nice smooth feet and hips 
that's the strength of Broderick Jones's game. I think if you delve a little bit more into the run game, I still have concerns there. And that's what actually worries me most about his tape is that he's a run first uh, blocker at the moment with his development coming out of Georgia. But when you watch him reach block or when you reach, watch him combo, so what I mean by that is, Scott, maybe you've got a four tech and he's going to go heavy hands to the outside, try and force him in towards his guard and then climb to the second level and find a linebacker. So often in that kind of situation, which is so prevalent in outside zone, wide zone for tackles, he would miss at the second level or he just would have his pad level out in front and he'd be reaching out in front of his body and that concerned me a bit because for a guy who kills it in front of screens and pin pulls and used as a pulling tackle, he's phenomenal. But when he's used in a more functional way, which is going to be much more prevalent in the NFL in kind of outside zone looks, as I mentioned, and that's big in this Hackett offense, I was a little disappointed. And I think that's a balance issue and just an over-aggression issue. And look, he's young. But for me, when I evaluated these tackles, Scott, I was looking through a two to three year window because yes, I'm always about getting the best players available. But right now the Jets also have to kind of weigh up the window and where their football team is. So I took that into account too. So all in all, I think he's a good run blocker. I think some of the functional stuff can improve, but I'm also sure it will. Needs a little bit of work and pass protection, but still the potential is there. He could get there. It's just going to take some coaching and a little bit of time. Yeah, I would agree. Some people have said he's similar to Makai Becton. I disagree. I think if you watch Becton's tape um, coming out in 2020 at Louisville, it's just that he didn't have many reps in those true pass sets, but his feet were phenomenal for a 380, 370-pound man, whatever he was at the time. Broderick Jones, I think, weighed 320 at Georgia. And the feet just didn't wow me. Like Paris Johnson, who I'm sure we'll get onto, you watch his feet and just go, I know this is a special player there. For Broderick Jones, again, there were some balance issues and some average footwork. I don't know if that necessarily improves as far as foot speed. Obviously, the the mechanics and the logistics of it can, but the actual foot speed and natural talent is probably about where it's going to be for him. So I think he will level out as an average pass blocker in the NFL, but I don't think he has a particularly high ceiling. And the way the NFL is trending, this is a pass first league. All the best teams do it. Yes, there's heavy play action and things like that, scrambling quarterbacks, but the big moments and the big games are won by protecting the quarterback and giving your guy time to throw. Broderick Jones does have some development to do there. Um, He plays with wide and late hands a little too often for me. Um, As I mentioned, sometimes can dip his shoulder, duck his head coming into contact, and that will lead to him getting kind of pulled down, losing balance and an edge winning around the corner. So All in all, look, Jones, if we take out Peter Skaronsky, Jones is going to finish my OT3 um, at the highest. There's still a few guys have to finish like Harrison. But at the moment, I see him a pretty clear cut below Paris Johnson and also Darnell Wright. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Let's talk about Paris Johnson next. This is a player that has gotten a lot of hype as the number one tackle in this draft. And if Skaronsky ends up being a guard in the NFL, very good chance If he gets picked ahead of Paris Johnson, Johnson will get picked ahead of the other guys, and so he would be the top tackle off the board. I think he's a player that's turned into an excellent prospect. Let's start with his run blocking. What did you see when you looked at that? Yeah, I think the run blocking for Paris Johnson is really impressive. For him, again, it's movement in space. It's the ability to be able to climb and combo block. He does that better, and it's because he has better footwork and better explosive speed than a Broderick Jones type. Um, I think he's got the highest potential, and you see it in both aspects of his game. But with the run blocking, he's also got that strength to him. Um, He's able to lean on people, move people in space, and climb to the second level. So it's that combination that I think makes Paris Johnson such a dangerous 
uh, run blocker and someone who's going to open up holes in the NFL. So uh, I feel pretty confident that he'll be ready to go in that aspect from day one in the NFL. What about his pass blocking, Luke? Look, this is the thing about Paris Johnson. If you look at him from the hips down, he's a phenomenal pass blocking prospect. What I mean by that is his foot speed. Look, I think most people now have seen the pro day video where he's doing like this extended um, get out of your stance, back pedal, and he's just so fluid. Like he honestly looks like a tight end. He has special feet and I think he will grow into them. Obviously not size wise, but what I mean by that is the rest of his physical ability will catch up to his feet, but those elite feet, that dancing bear, almost Laramie tonsil style movement will allow him to have a certain threshold until his hands catch up. Talking more specifically about his hands and his upper body, like Broderick Jones, that's my biggest issue right now for Paris Johnson. He lives, and I mean lives, with rushes in his chest. That's because, again, late hands and, once again, wide hands. And that was very prevalent for both of the last two guys we've talked about. On the film, he just let too many guys get into his chest. And I say it all the time on the YouTube channel, if you control the chest, you control the rep. And that's why Paris Johnson was losing a lot of reps. He was often in a fantastic position. He explodes out of his stance. He's got a beautiful kick step. But if your hand utilization isn't right then you're going to lose a lot of reps that you otherwise would win. So that was the biggest separator, I think, between he and Darnell Wright, who's my tackle one right now. Um, I think Wright's just ready to go as far as hand usage. And I think Paris Johnson is a bit more of a project in that area. Now, do I think he has a higher ceiling? 100%. And I think it's very attainable. He has all the tools there, but he needs a little bit more love and work uh, when it comes to pass pro and particularly that hand usage. Let's move on now to Darnell Wright. And Luke, this is your favorite tackle in this draft, the tackle out of Tennessee. Let's begin with the run blocking. What'd you see there? I'll give people some context of how I found Darnell Wright because honest, I don't watch college football, Scott. I, I, through the season, I've got a lot of other things on my plate. I come into the draft season and I just watch players for the first time. I was watching Will Anderson tape. I thought, okay, I'll, I'll do a quick three-game review on Will Anderson, get it out of the way. The Jets won't take him. 15 minutes into that game against Alabama, I said stuff that I'm watching Darnell Wright tape and it literally just turned into me watching six straight games of Darnell Wright at Tennessee. The, the run blocking is the weakest part of his game though, to answer your question. He is not a fluid mover in space like Paris Johnson, but that's okay. I think everyone wants the next, you know, Lane Johnson at right tackle because everyone runs the outside zone system, but there's plenty of guys who are just okay movers who do a great job in the run game. Does he have the best um, hip flexion or flexibility or looseness in space? No, he doesn't. Can he climb a little bit though? Yeah, he can. And what he does well is, um, is man block, gap block, open up lanes, lean on people, understand leverage, where to put your hands under the armpit and force him down the line of scrimmage to open up a 10-yard lane you could drive a bus through. Yes, the Jets run a lot of outside zone and zone concepts like they did with Benton and with Lafleur last year, but there's a place and a strength to Darnell Wright's game that I think will definitely translate. I don't think he'll ever be a plus-plus run blocker, and that's okay. He's just a polished pass pro guy that will need work but also still be fine. Like, you're not going to be like, done all right, you know, he can't be on the field. He can't play at right tackle for the Jets because he can't run block. He's just never going to be outstanding. Luke, what about his pass block? Scott, the pass blocking excites me so much. Uh, the hand usage is special. The feet are fine. Like, almost how I described Broderick Jones's footwork, I think that's where Darnell Wright's is. But on top of that, you're putting in the best hand usage I've seen in the NFL draft in the last couple of years. Against Will Anderson... 
his ability to get tight hands, tight elbows and control the chest was phenomenal. He just beat him over and over and over. I thought, okay, let's chuck on a bit more of a speed rusher. So I put on the tape against Ojolari in LSU. He's throwing out spin moves and bend around the corner. What Ojolari likes, a little bit like his relative Aziz, who went out of Georgia a couple of years ago, he wants you to shoot with your hands so he can swipe them away and bend around the corner, or he can swipe and counter with a spin. You know what he did? Darnell Wright gave him nothing. He didn't give him early hands. He said, I'm not going to touch you. And he let Ojolari make the first move and then just punished him and bullied him at the point of attack. It was special. But the best thing that Darnell Wright does is called a snatch and trap, Scott. What that is, you're going to use the body weight and the inertia and momentum of the rusher against them. So Jalen Carter, one of the best players in the draft against Georgia, he's lined up as a four technique on the outside straight over Darnell Wright. He wants to shoot off the ball and smack him in the chest. So what Darnell Wright does is he grabs his arms and he just throws him and pulls him down and then just lays on him. And he did that to such a high level. His snatch and trap ability is phenomenal. This clips against Pitt, against Anderson, against Carter. I just can't, I couldn't ignore it, Scott. He's never going to be the most nimble guy in the world, but he has more than enough foot speed. He is so consistent and precise with his hand placement and he can win in so many different ways. He can be patient, as I said, but against Florida, he was shooting off the ball and punching guys in the mouth. And it was fantastic to see uh, the different variations in speed and tempo to his pass drops and how he attacks people with his hands. I was blown away. I think there's going to be more and more buzz coming about Darnell Wright. Because right now, over the last two months, everyone's been talking about Paris Johnson and about um, Broderick Jones. I think Darnell Wright is the pick of the three, especially for the Jets, who want a guy who's ready to come in and play. They've got Becton at left tackle. They've got Brown at left tackle. He'd be a great option at the right tackle spot. He and Mitchell could compete. I'm sure Wright will win that. And he's ready to go from day one and will dominate in pass, bro. Luke, for each of these three tackles, Broderick Jones, Paris Johnson, Darnell Wright, best and worst thing about each of them? Yeah, for Broderick Jones, I think the weakness in his game is definitely pass protection and more specifically his hand usage. I think it's something in the water and the way they teach these kids at Georgia. Andrew Thomas was a a great tackle prospect, but he had the wide hands as well. His best strength and biggest strength, I should say, is his movement in space in run blocking. It's that simple. Hit heat-seeking missile, go and get that guy, destroy him. Paris Johnson, I don't want to sound repetitive, but it's his wide, late hands in pass protection as well. That needs the most development for him, but he's also got the elite foot speed. And for me, that's his biggest strength because he's great in run blocking and he'll be excellent from day one, but I want to see foot speed and footwork, and that's what's going to make him an elite prospect. For Darnell Wright, the complete polar opposite. Incredible hand usage in pass pro. The weakness for him is probably functionality and movement in space and some flexibility uh, and that ability to kind of flip his hips. So that's kind of where I'm at on the players. Um, I think Darnell Wright is the most ready to play in day one, but that's probably the biggest strength and weakness that each of them have. Luke, right now, Daniel Jeremiah has his latest mock draft up, and here's what he's got. Paris Johnson going at number 15 to Green Bay. Broderick Jones going number 17 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Darnell Wright going 28th to the Cincinnati Bengals. The only one that he has going ahead of the Jets is Peter Skronsky, who he said may very well be a guard at the NFL level. He goes 9 to the Chicago Bears. Let's say it played out on draft day, and the Jets decided they were going to draft a tackle at number 13. And in this scenario, they could have any of the three that we just discussed. Would you be okay with any of those three 
at the 13th pick? Or is there anybody that you would really be uncomfortable with there? I'm going to sound like such a hater. My video analysis breakdown on the All-22 on uh, Play Like a Jet YouTube said this as well. I, I hated listening back to it. But Broderick Jones, for me, would be a scary thing at um, at number 13. I, Scott, I just have hesitations and reservations about his foot speed in pass pro and the hands. And if he's going to be ready to be a, a average starter in the next two years, I just don't think he matches up particularly well with the Jets timeline. I think he's a Joe Douglas pick. Joe Douglas loves these high boom or bust project, um, prospects, the Denzel Mims, the Mackay Becton, even Gar- uh, sorry, even Zach Wilson. So I think he fits, but for me, I'd be worried. The other two, I could live with both of them. I think they're both really good players. Would I prefer maybe a wide receiver that we both like, Scott? Possibly. But I'd be happy with Paris Johnson. I, I see the growth and I see the ceiling and I think the feet give him an advantage. Darnell Wright, I've already raved about. But yeah, I'd have some reservations about if the Jets took Broderick Jones at 13. Would you be comfortable with Paris Johnson and Darnell Wright at 13? As I said, Darnell Wright, as of right now, projected to go 28th. I wonder if maybe the Jets were in the market for Darnell Wright. It would be a better idea for them to either trade down or try trading up from their spot in the 40s, sort of the way that they did with Jermaine Johnson last year. It's a tough one. I mean, I would be comfortable taking either of them at 13. Ah, Tackle is such a premium position in the NFL, and guys who can start from day one add to that even more so. And I, I worry that if the Jets trade down, they're missing the cluster of this class that is okay. Because honestly, Scott, I've not been impressed by this class. I don't like Tyree Wilson and Nolan Smith on the edge. I'm not huge on Lucas Van Ness, but I think he's okay. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the wide receivers outside of JSN. So I worry that if you trade back to 18, 19, and you suddenly miss a little run on the tackles, and you've missed out on those two guys that I really like, I worry about what else you can get that can really help you in the next two years and be an impact starter at a high-level position. Suddenly you're looking at a branch or possibly a tight end if they're still there, a guy like uh, Dalton Kincaid. So we'll see. I mean, they could do it. Joe needs to probably recoup some value after he trades away one of the seconds, if not more, to to the Green Bay for Aaron Rodgers. But personally, I'd be wanting to stand pat if he wants to take a tackle. I, I wouldn't play that game of trading down and hoping they're there. Luke, you mentioned before that the Jets have to consider the current window and who fits what they're looking to do best right now. But which of these players do you think with the right coaching would be the best in five, ten years? Talk to me a little bit about that ceiling floor with each of these three guys. Yeah, I think Paris Johnson has the highest ceiling and a lot of it comes down to the feet. And again, I don't want to sound repetitive, but they are extremely special. He has plus plus movement skills. A guy like Laramie Tunsil um, from, you know, a guy like, like Dred, Dred, excuse me, Jedrick Wills coming out of Alabama a couple of years ago. I think he's got really special feet. And I think that raises the ceiling because he's already got extremely good um, run blocking skills. I think he has the highest ceiling and he's also got a, a medium floor. I, I don't see a well where Paris Johnson just absolutely stinks and you're going, how did the Jets or anyone else draft him at 13 or 15 or wherever he gets selected? I think Darnell Wright has the highest floor. I think Darnell Wright is most ready to play right now. I think he's the best player over the first two or three years of the rookie contract. That's why I think he fits in with the Jets. Uh, I think his ceiling's also high because I think he can improve more in the running game. And Tennessee kind of ran a less than ideal scheme. And we talked before we started about Hendon Hooker and how much he scrambles and the the QB runs. So that's a factor as well. So that's how I feel about Darnell Wright. Um, And and then, look, I think Broderick Jones has the lowest floor. And I, I... To be honest, I don't think he has the highest ceiling. I think it's middle of the pack 
if not the same as as Darnell Wright. So that's why I'm opposed to taking the risk of missing on Jones when I think he has the same ceiling as the guy in Tennessee and Darnell Wright. So that's kind of where I'm at, kind of looking at the boom or bust potential and, and kind of where their stock is. Luke, anything else you want to touch on with Darnell Wright, Broderick Jones, and Paris Johnson? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think it's more a philosophical thing for Joe Douglas. He likes the draft lineman. Is he going to go into this draft and say, I need an offensive tackle because we need to protect Aaron Rodgers? Or is he going to have a more measured approach and say, I think JSN is a better prospect than the group of tackles. So I'm going to take them, even though it's not a huge need, because elite prospects and elite players at high impact positions win you championships. I'm fascinated to see how Joe Douglas lets this draft unfold how itchy he gets with chasing needs at safety, at center, and a defensive tackle. And I think it's going to be a perfect example looking at the 13 overall pick and looking at those three tackles we've talked about today. Will he pull the trigger or does he like another group of players uh, earlier and better than them? Time will tell. Luke Grant, the Thunder from Down Under. Thanks so much for coming on and breaking down the top three offensive tackles in the 2023 NFL Draft. Really appreciate it. For those that want to watch your videos on those tackles and, of course, every other video that we've got up, talk about our YouTube channel, how people can access it, what you've got coming up going forward, what you have on there right now, and, of course, our store over at tpublic.com. Yes, Scott, there's tons of draft content heading the way of the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. Um, I've already got four reviews up on Darnell Wright and Broderick Jones. Also, Steve Avila, the center out of TCU and left guard that I absolutely love. There's going to be more interior and uh, obviously tackles as well. Lots of linemen videos. Uh, more stuff coming on the edge group, but also the wide receivers. Because I think they're the three positions the Jets could look to target early. Uh, so you're going to see about 10 to 12 minute reviews. There's some short form com- coming as well. Uh, so it's an exciting time. I'll go through and recap some of the position groups. Uh, look at the rookie year of Source Gardener. There's a ton of content. Well, I'm sure we'll be streaming live for the draft day as well. So head over, subscribe to the YouTube channel and make sure you don't miss out. Make sure you check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash playlikeajet and our store at tpublic.com. That's tepublic.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. It doesn't take you much time. doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com.